Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Abdal on a Friday night. Friday night calls all calls. Welcome with Black and Abdal at 312-332-3776. We'll take your calls on anything. It's the best show of the week on Black and Abdal. The Friday night shows because of all calls. Welcome Friday night calls. So we'll take those calls until 8 o'clock. At 8, we will join in progress the Pac-12 championship game between Oregon and Washington. So we got two hours to talk to you, and then we'll take you to college football action championship weekend in college football. You know, Abdel, I wanted to start with this. Watching last night, the Cowboys beat the Seahawks 41-35. to You know, obviously all the talking points today are about uh, Dallas being a championship-quality team. Uh, Dak Prescott came win the MVP. One thing I've talked about all season long in regards to Justin Fields and possibly moving off of Justin Fields in the future is what if Justin Fields turns into, say, someone like Geno Smith? He kind of bounces around the league, finds success elsewhere down the road. Geno Smith in the last two seasons has been a pretty good quarterback in the NFL. And I'm watching the game last night. And because I've said the Seahawks has had success with Geno Smith, I guess my question to you is when you watch the game last night, because at the end, Gino wasn't able to come back, march down the field. He was getting blitzed. He threw some bad passes that could have been picked off on fourth downs, some some really poor attempts. Uh, is he the reason the Seahawks lost yesterday? Or do you still understand what I'm kind of pointing at that, like, Justin Fields at some point can be a Geno Smith-like player now? You know, ideally, most people are going to compare and hope that Fields could be like Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it still could hold true that you could have success with your franchise and your team like the Seahawks have the last two years and have a quarterback like Geno Smith. Was he the reason they lost last night? I don't know if he was the reason they lost, um, but he was part of the reason that they were still in the game, right? Like, it was a very high-scoring game. Dak Prescott seemed like he was able to do whatever he wanted to do to a Seahawks defense that isn't, you know, it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. Um, And, you know, he made some decent throws, but again, how far is that going to get you? Like, the Seahawks are fine. They were a good story last year. Geno Smith was a great story last year. You know, started 17 games, played well, had uh, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. This year he's got 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. So he's kind of tracking towards that same-ish number, probably less touchdowns than he had last year. Um, But I don't think that that's what you should angle for. Like, to me, he's still not the answer for the Seahawks long-term. Like, it's a good story last year. It's kind of, the luster's kind of worn off this year because they're not as good and they're not winning because of him. They're not winning as many games. They haven't won as many games as they did last year. Well, they're 6-6 six and six right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've lost back-to-back games against, I think, championship-level teams, Dallas and San Francisco. Uh, I, I think you say that they're not as good. I mean, Geno Smith, 23 for 41 last night, 334 yards, three touchdowns, the one interception. 
I don't know. He he's still a pretty good quarterback, and and a couple of those throws were excellent throws, especially the one he found the to Metcalf early on that he took to the house. Like mm-hmm. I I think placing the blame there on the quarterback because obviously the last throw was crap. You know they tried to to. Yeah. They they were trying to go to the same side as Micah Parsons, and Parsons just blew up the entire play, and he kind of just flailed it down to the feet of the running back. And then also that fourth down call where he kind of threw it up. He didn't have any time. Like, those obviously are highlights, and they yeah. look bad, but, like, he also was the reason why they scored 35 points. He had three touchdowns in the contest last night. No, I get that, but I also look and see who they're beating, right? Like, look at their wins. Their wins this year... Yes, they beat Detroit. Okay, they beat. It was an overtime game. They beat Detroit. It was a great game, thirty-seven, thirty-one in overtime. He had three hundred twenty-eight yards. But they beat Carolina. Well, isn't, isn't Detroit a top-level team? Okay. Yep. Let me finish. Okay. They beat Carolina. They've beaten the Giants. They've beaten the Cardinals. They've beaten the Browns, and they've beaten the uh, Commanders. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, th- this topic is not to make uh, Seattle a Super Bowl contending team. No, I know, but it's so the like, same I argument. Like, I'm not sure what that point fi- makes. My point is it's the same argument as Fields. He's beating bad teams. Like, they're beating bad teams. They're not beating good teams. They beat one good team so far. How many quarterbacks around the NFL are, how many of those guys are beating good teams? Jalen Hurts is beating a bunch of good teams. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, Dak that's Prescott's one. beating a bunch of good teams. I, would I don't say know. That I, think, I, think Dak, is, I think Dak beat a good team last night. He did. I, I think for the most part, for the most, part, most they, of the okay. wins for the Cowboys, you could probably do the same thing you just did with the Seahawks and say, well, he beat up on this team. The, oh, the Chiefs Giants are suck. beating good teams. The Commanders suck. This team sucks. I mean, I think... There's a I, bunch of sucky teams. I think that it's... It, that's not the ceiling I want for my quarterback, is Geno Smith. Because I don't think that that's sustainable. I don't think that that level of... I want higher... Like, if, if, the, if you had changed your argument... And change if we go back in time seven minutes and you say, watching last night's game, I look at the quarterbacks and I say, can Justin Fields be Dak Prescott, which is a conversation we've had before, I would say yes. That is something I would be up I would love to see. I would love to see Justin Fields be the quality of quarterback and the caliber of quarterback because Dak has always been that like that cutoff line of good quarterbacks and like mediocre quarterbacks. Like we name our top five quarterbacks, we argue about, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then we get to Dak. And Dak is playing at a close to MVP level. He's probably not going to win it, but this year he's playing close to an MVP level. He also has a very good defense around him. He's got great weapons around him. I would like, if you had switched the names, I would have switched my answer and said, I would like him to be Dak, where we're debating whether or not he's an elite quarterback rather than just a guy who really didn't do anything for a bunch of years and then has had two decent years. I I agree with you. I think he can be that. And I think if you look at early Dak Prescott, I think Justin Fields isn't too far off of what early Dak Prescott was. Mm -hmm. But then Justin has to now take a step forward. Like, that's where Dak really took a step forward and really got into that conversation. It was 2021. He had 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That was a season where it's like, okay, Dak has now graduated past the point of a guy who's just okay. That's a guy who could be in the MVP conversation. You know, you look at it, that took six seasons to get to that point. And I I guess that's where the overall point of this entire conversation is about patience with a quarterback. Because I think whichever way you look at it, if Dak's the guy you want Justin Fields to be like, or if you can see 
how guys develop later with more assets or perhaps a better situation like Geno Smith with the Seahawks. Both of those situations have taken patience to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Dak flashed, obviously, much earlier, which allowed the Cowboys to sign him long-term, and that's why he's been there with the Cowboys for the amount of time that he's been. He was a 30-year-old quarterback. He was drafted in 2016. So, you know, he's a quarterback who's played in in the league for quite some time. Geno Smith was drafted to a crap franchise that essentially is still a crappy franchise. They thought they figured it out this season with with, uh, bringing in Aaron Rodgers. It didn't work out for them. They're under 500. they are not going to make the playoffs. They've never been good. The Jets have never been good. Like, is that on Geno Smith? Or is that on the a bad franchise? So and I think that's where I'm I'm connecting dots to Justin Fields. Is Justin Fields broken? Is he a bad quarterback? Or has this franchise been a bad franchise for a long time and we have let down the quarterback prospect? I think that's where it comes to because it's all about the patience. Yeah, I think that if if you know, because a lot of the conversation today on ESPN Chicago has been about Jordan Love or Justin Fields, right? Like, what would you rather have, Jordan Love or Justin Fields? My answer was Justin Fields because I think I've seen more out of Justin Fields than I have out of Jordan Love. Like, the highs are higher for Justin Fields, I believe, than Jordan Love. I think he's a better athlete. I think he's a he's a better runner than Jordan Love. I think he get, he brings a different element to the table than Jordan Love. Like, the Seahawks have an out after this year. Do you like they owe they wouldn't owe him as much money? He signed a three year deal, but there's an out after this year. Like, I don't know if the Seahawks think that he's the long term answer and I would be maybe take a run at Kirk Cousins next year because they're not going to be in a, in a position to draft a quarterback very high up. Whereas the Bears, like, you still have to have that in the back of your mind. Like, do you want to have patience with Justin Fields? Do you want to say, hey, look. He's been when it, when everyone's healthy, when they're playing well, like when the offensive line holds up, like this offense is, is humming. Like they can they can adjust to different game plans. Yeah, the screen game sucked; it was a boring game, but they won the game and it worked. Right, it worked that time against the Lions a week ago. Running him eighteen times for over a hundred yards was working until the defense let them down at the end of the game. Right. So there's different ways he can win. He can beat you with screen game. He can beat you with his legs. He can, he can throw some good deep balls. We've seen him adjust. We've seen some throws this year where he can step up in the pocket and make those throws. But in the back of your mind, you have to think of the bigger picture. Should you have patience with Justin Fields or is the franchise letting him down? But they also have the number one pick right now. And do you like, can you risk having patience? It's more of a risk reward thing. Like, can you risk having patience with Justin Fields when you have the talent that's coming out of college this year? Yeah, that, that's the conversation that's going to be debated all winter into the spring. I, I think the, the, the problem that the hang up I have with that is there's no guarantee with either side of it. Of so course. I, I think it's very easy for people to just give up and say, well, you got to draft a quarterback. Like to, to me, like that's such an easy opinion when mm-hmm. it comes to sports because it, it requires n- no skin in the game. I don't want to right? give like, up on him. Like you don't have to really put anything on the idea that they should just draft a quarterback because, like, w- there's no guarantee that who whoever you draft when you get to that point is going to be better than Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Like who who said like Fields is a great prospect for it to not work out. We didn't know it would be to this point. He has had some success, though. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing is, like, to this point with Justin Fields, it's not as if 
He is a complete bust. We've seen guys from his class who are absolute trash busts. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Yep. Trey Lance. Yep. Mac Jones. Yep. All three of them cannot play. Nope. Absolutely cannot play. The difference is Justin can play a little. Mm-hmm. Now, is he great? No, he's not great. Uh, is he Dak Prescott now? No, he's not. He, To me, I think he has all the tools Dak has. I don't see any difference in the football player between Dak and, and Justin Fields. Now, if you want to say at this point in his career that Dak has better decision-making and has better command of his of offense, absolutely. Yeah. But when you look at the caliber of the athlete, I mean, they're both the exact set. They both can make the throws. They can run. You saw Dak last night fight for more yardage after getting hit outside the pocket. Like, I don't see any difference there. I don't want to give up on Justin Fields just yet. Like, I still think these five games left are meaningful. People will say, well, we've got two and a half years of our to look at Justin Fields. What's five games going to matter? Five games can matter a lot for Justin Fields. Like, if they go you know, four and one or three and two, depending on how those games go. Like if they beat the Browns defense, the Browns defense is one of the best in the NFL. Like if they find a way to beat the Browns, then by all means, like that changes things. If they hang again with the Lions and they find a way to win because it's a home game, like that's going to be a little bit different. Like the conversation is going to change and evolve in these next five weeks after this bye coming up here. But again, we're leading you into the Pac-12 championship game coming up at 8 o'clock. Like, there's two quarterbacks in that game that are going to be available. One of them has played a lot of college football in Bo Nix. He's going to be the Heisman winner should he win this game. Like, I don't see, unless he throws, like, five picks in this game and has no touchdowns, I don't see how he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy. Like, that's a guy where, okay, maybe you take, you trade back after the first pick and you end up taking Bo Nix later in the first round wherever your pick is, right? You know, Mike, a lot of people love what Michael Penix is doing. He's often injured. He looks like he's been injured the last few weeks. Um, But he's someone that you could get in, if you had a second round pick, uh, that you could maybe get back in the second round, late in the first round. Like, there are options out there. That's going to be the the problem. The problem is that this clock is ticking for the Bears. Like, this isn't a, well, let's just wait and see what he does next year after they get another offensive lineman and after maybe they get a better wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. Because you have to make the decision on the fifth-year option this year. Yeah, but that's an, that's an easy, like, that's not like the end of the world type of decision. It, it's a bigger decision to pass up on the quarterbacks in the draft. Absolutely. Than it is to, because like, sure. you could still pick up the fifth year option and draft a quarterback you and could. have Justin be here with whoever that be. That's it's a $25 million option, though. Well, especially if you're bringing in someone who's not a first round quarterback. That, that That's the point oh, that I'm sure. making. For sure. You know, you look at the early days, Geno Smith played 33 games for the Jets. He was mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. Now. This is his uh, fourth season with the Seahawks, and he looks like an above-average quarterback. Last year, he was. He was a good quarterback last year. I would say he's also a good quarterback this year. I think it comes down to coaching more than fields. Like, I think it comes down to, like, if I'm... And, and that, that's my point to why patience, I think, is necessary yeah, like, with this entire situation, because you watched two guys yesterday. Both teams have been paid... or. The Seahawks now are reaping the benefits of of utilizing someone who is this far along in their career who was a throwaway player, right? Like, I'm of the Gino, belief- when he was done with the Jets, we would have had the same commentary as Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. Like, I'm of the belief play. if you put Fields on the 49ers, I think he'd be a good quarterback. I think if you put him on the Seahawks, he'd be a good quarterback. It's coaching. It's having the offensive scheme. Like, all the calls we took after the game against the Vikings were not mad at Justin Fields. They were not. They were mad at Luke Getze. 
and the screen game and the lack of going down the field. Justin Fields only goes with the plays that they call in the huddle. Like they call a screen, he's throwing a screen pass, right? They're not they're not saying, hey, go over the top. They're saying call screen. That's their call in the screen game. So I'm more upset with the way that Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus have coached Justin Fields than I am with Justin Fields, the player. Mike in Oswego, you're on ESPN 1000. All calls welcome. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Fantastic radio. Great conversation. Um, I appreciate man. you guys going back to the Geno thing. That's my whole point. I don't think we should be talking Geno Smith and Justin Fields in the same same universe. Um, it's, I understand the Jets' timing was pretty bad. He didn't look great at all. And you want to boost up the Seahawks coaching. But is there, a, is there a specific person on the Seahawks organization that made Geno Smith a better quarterback? Or was it simply time in a different division, a different conference, different opponents? I think Geno Smith better like Trevor Lawrence, not, not a Justin Fields. And both of the, the Smith and Lawrence are a top 10 discussion. And, and Fields is on the, the brink of being fired, right? So I, I love the Bears more than anything. But long-term, long-term quarterbacks, getting a guy like Marvin Harris Jr. to do what? To, to sit on the, the, the dashes and not catch the football because Justin Fields can't get it out. Of the graphic Monday night, he's the longest quarter. He's the only quarterback, uh, I guess, the worst quarterback in the NFL for for timing. He holds on to the football way too long. It's been his Achilles heel his entire career. I think it's like 2.9 seconds. He's not throwing the football. So what are we gonna have slant routes and guys just roll up on him because Justin Fields can't get him the ball on time, ruin their careers? We've had a miserable time. As a, as a franchise with quarterbacks, I understand that. It, it could be coincidence. I'm, I'm, you guys were kind of pulling it together, um, talking, discussing why the franchises matter more. So I'm, I'm more curious to like listen to you guys go further on that because I don't know if it's necessarily just with experience, Geno Smith became a better quarterback. If you look at his QBRs right now, 88, 90%. That's fantastic. What's Justin Fields' QBR? Mid-70s? Low-70s? Uh, Justin Fields QBR right now is 44.7, 23rd in the (laughs) NFL. 44.7 QBR? Yeah, QBR is out of 100. If you're talking about quarterback rating, it would be much higher. Quarterback rating, his his quarterback rating is 92.3. Justin Fields got 92.3 quarterback rating? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Dang. All right. Stats. I mean, mean, Geno Smith's QBR this year is 56.5. By comparison, you know, everyone's uh, talking up Jordan Love. Jordan Love's is 87 quarterback rating. Geno Smith ain't at 56, is he? Is that what I heard? His QBR is 56. No shot. I'm looking at at it right. What do you mean no shot? I'm looking at it right now. ProFootballReference.com. For the season, his quarterback rating is 89. So Fields has a better quarterback rating than both Geno and Jordan Love. So Geno's at 89, Love's at 87, and and, and Love is our field is at 92? Yep. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? I guess yeah. it is more of a, 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 a debate than I thought. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Have a great night. 312-332-3776. All calls welcome. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Break. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the ground at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. All calls welcome on a Friday night. It's Black and Abdallah. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. David Lockport, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, David? 
Hey, guys. How you doing? I love you on the golf show on Sundays. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. Yeah, I've called there several times. Now, let's talk about Justin Fields. Big Bears fan. And uh, I'm thinking of his uh, cohort from Ohio State, C.J. Straub, who figured out how to play quarterback his first year in NFL. Justin Fields, third year. How long are the Bears going to keep going? Four, five, six years. In my opinion, and I'm not an expert, you either can play the position or you can't. And Houston doesn't have the best offensive line, doesn't have Hall of Fame receivers, but that guy is getting it done. And I just, and, and what is it? David, David, what, what are you up to tonight? What are you doing, David? Yeah, David, what's going on? What the phone's doing? moving all over the place. What, what are you what's doing? happening? There? What are you doing? You walking? You grilling? You outside grilling? No, I'm, I'm, I'm speakerphone driving. Oh, oh driving. driving. Okay, okay. gotcha. Okay. Ten, right. and yeah. Ten, right. and two, David. Okay, Ten and two, David. Ten and two. Ten and two. All right. Thoughts on yeah. CJ Stroud? Yeah, go ahead. CJ Stroud. Here he comes from Ohio State, same school Justin Fields comes from, and the, the man's getting it done. He didn't need three years to learn how to play the position. You're either a quarterback, a receiver, a line. You either can play the position. The word development drives me nuts. You either can get it done or you can't. And the excuses made made for fields don't have the line, don't have the receivers. I'm old enough with the old adage, the quarterback makes the players around you better. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got to put Hall of Famers around Justin Fields, is it him? Or the people around him. I'm I, I'm not against Justin Fields, but I just don't think he's going to get it done. David, do That's you a fair like point, David. do you like Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts, yes. And okay. He's he's a pocket passer. He reads the defense. He knows when to get rid of the ball. He runs when he needs to. But not he also when... but he also didn't have like a breakout year until. They had the best offensive line in football and two of the best wide receivers in football and one of the best running games in football. You're absolutely right. It, and here's a, here's a little tidbit that I got. My my daughter's a freshman at Georgia. Went to Parents Weekend. Sitting next to a guy who's Justin Fields' parents go to his church. And he goes, what do you think of Justin Fields? I, I just don't think he'd get it done. And this guy, you know, Southern football, that's all he lived for. Mm-hmm. The great Jake Fromm was the quarterback because Justin Fields, the rumor down there, he just couldn't read the playbook, couldn't pick up the defense. The great Hall of Famer Jake Fromm played against ahead uh, of Justin Fields, and they transferred to Ohio State. So I, I just none against the man. He's a good guy. Listen to him. He, he's got a good heart, but I just don't think he's a quarterback in the NFL. All right, we got you down. Thanks for the call, David. Appreciate you. There he is, David in Lockport. What do you guys have on the golf show this weekend? I've got nothing. No golf this weekend, unfortunately. The yeah, weather is too bad. cold for golf. golf uh, we'll be back on the golf show uh, in the spring. Although I'm, I'm surprised our buddy didn't play golf like yesterday. It was yeah, like 50 it was degrees. nice enough. Yeah, to play yesterday. I'm surprised. I wish we today. could. Harold in uh, Flossmoor, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Harold. Hey, how you doing? What's up? We're good. What's going on? Hey, I appreciate you guys, and you guys made a lot of great points tonight. And I disagree with the other caller. Um, when you're talking about Justin Fields reading defense, that's coaching. You can coach a player how to read defenses. You can look at Lamar Jackson. He couldn't read defense either, but he got with the right people in his all seasons, and he's doing very, very well. Now, 
if you look at organizationally, like you guys were saying earlier, when have the Bears ever developed a quarterback? We always get these first-year head coaches, first-year offensive coordinators to teach a rookie quarterback or Justin Fields. He had Matt Nagy. We knew now it was all Andy Reid. You can look at Brock Purdy. He has a great play caller, offensive coordinator, with a great offensive line with all the weapons, just like you stated with Jalen Hurts, and he's thriving. Not only are there opportunities on the offensive line and our weapons as far as receiver, we've got a great receiver in D.J. Moore, but there's no one coaching him. We keep on forgetting that coaching means something, and he hasn't had it. And the inconsistency of Matt Nagy, the inconsistency of, of a new first-year head coach and a first-year play caller and offensive coordinator, how is he supposed to succeed? They asked him a question, hey, Justin, what do you think the problem is? He said what? Coaching. And they blasted him for it, but he came out the next game and he had the best two games of his probably career. So let's not just say it's just Justin Fields. It's the whole organization around him. And keep this in mind. Everybody said, let's get a new quarterback because we got the first-round pick. Well, if Justin Fields was in this draft class, who would you pick? Caleb Williams doesn't want to come here. And the other quarterback, I'm not sold on. I think Justin Fields, if you want to look at it in comparison, even though he's in year three, he's better than any quarterback that's coming out of the draft. So let's give him a chance. Or else, I guarantee you, he gets traded, goes somewhere that has a great offensive line, and he's going to thrive. And we're going to be like, wow, we let him go too soon. Yeah, thanks for the call, Harold. Appreciate it. And I think that's where I see Geno Smith and what he's done with the Seahawks the last couple of seasons. I say to myself, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily the biggest problem here. Like, the one thing I do know going forward is, like, I would be done hiring first-time head coaches for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I'm done with it. Well, I, I'm done with it. Yes I want, and no. I want someone who has credentials, who's done it before, who's won in the National Football League. That's who I want. The problem with that is... That's who I want. I'm, I'm done with there's it. There's only one guy that's available right now. Not necessarily. We, we don't know how the future will unfold. I said it right now. I said it right now. And I'm saying not necessarily. I, there could be openings. You never know. Yeah, People get absolutely. sick of situations. I mean, for example, why is Sean Payton coaching the Broncos? He was sick of his situation. He wanted mm-hmm. a change from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He was a legendary coach with the Saints. Now he's with the Broncos. Who would have saw that five years ago? No one, right? Like, yeah. you don't know how these things play out. I'm just over the first-time head coaches who seem in over their heads. That's the one thing I know. No, I, think, I think you could still win with Fields if you have the right situation. Yeah, I think the problem with that is if Fields shows enough that they're going to move forward with him next year and pick up the fifth-year option, that that probably also means that Eberflus is back. Perhaps three one two three three two three seven seven six. All calls welcome on a Friday night. You're listening to Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN One Thousand. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah, a real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. Friday night calls, all calls. One- 
Welcome with Luck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. We're talking about the Bears, Justin Fields, and and what the Bears should do in the future. You know, I, I continue to have this thought, Abdallah, that, like, okay, it's easy to say just draft the, the quarterback, number one. You got that number one pick. Take the next quarterback. Move off of Justin Fields. And then in the back of my head, I continue to ask myself, like, what if that doesn't work? Like, where does that leave the franchise? You know, like, at least right now, you're actively building towards something. Mm -hmm. You're not really moving forward in a lot of progress right now. But, like, if you continue to build what you have here moving forward, perhaps we have progress in the future. Like, I get it. You don't want to – everyone's shell-shocked, and and you don't want to miss out on the next Mahomes. Right, like that's going to ruin the fandom in the city for decades. Mm-hmm. But like, it's also no guarantee that you use that pick on a quarterback. And Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, any of those guys are going to put you in a better spot than what you're currently at and what you're building with the group that you have. That's what I continue to think about. Yeah, like that's, I'm I'm not willing to give up on Justin Fields just yet because again, you're right. You could draft Caleb Williams number one like everybody thinks he's going to go number one and he could be awesome or he could come here and pout and not hold on to the or not hold on to the football and have fumbles the way he has in key USC games like you've seen and hold the ball too long. And, and, you know, because that kind of stuff running around and playing backyard football, that doesn't work in the NFL. So it's the same critiques for Justin Fields. Exactly. Exactly. You could get Bo Nix and find out Bo Nix is just a system quarterback and Dan Lanning, you know, got something out of him that he couldn't get out of, that no one could get out of him at Auburn, right? You could draft Michael Penix and Michael Penix takes one shot and he's an injury prone quarterback and he never plays a full season, right? You could draft J.J. McCarthy and you're like, whoa, that's not, that guy ain't it either. Like he, he's had his issues too. Like every quarterback has their issues. Or you could take your time and see if Justin Fields can develop into something. And if after the fifth year, he doesn't, then you're kind of back to square one. But you could draft another quarterback. I also don't want to miss out on drafting the best player in college football, which is Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I think that's the other thing is I'm not desperate to go grab one of the quarterbacks at one because... Like, I, I understand you shouldn't take a wide receiver number one overall. So, ideally, in a perfect scenario, the Bears move out of one, and then they let the teams who are desperate after a quarterback to, to select those quarterbacks, either one and two, and then you're picking three. Mm-hmm. And then at three, you take Marvin Harrison Jr. Immediately, your offense is upgraded. Immediately, your young quarterback gets another weapon. Immediately, your team is continuously building in this direction. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I don't want to miss out on Marvin Harrison Jr., no. Like if the dude is the next Jamar Chase or Calvin uh, Johnson, like those are the players that I want for the wide receiver of the future for the Chicago Bears. Like I don't want to miss out on that just because I'm so desperate to get a quarterback. Well, no, but that's what I mentioned to Carmen and Waddle in here before we started during crosstalk. It was like, or before crosstalk when Carmen was high off them zins, is that you like one top wide receiver isn't enough anymore. Like it's it's not. You have to either have a guy like a. a, a like Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs, and even they're struggling because they don't have a true number one wide receiver. That's not Travis Kelsey. Like Travis Kelsey's a tight end, but without him, like they're struggling to find enough offense. You've got to have something like the Bengals have set up, like the Eagles have set up, like the Cowboys have set up. You need, and like Darnell Mooney's fine, but we all know what Darnell Mooney is. He's a very good third wide receiver, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
But he's not a – if you want a high-flying offense the way a lot of these teams can put up points like it's nothing, you need to have two top wide receivers. And that might mean having DJ Moore and drafting Marvin Harrison Jr., who you can keep for cheap like the, like the Bengals have right now. They've got that exact same situation going on. We go to Mike in Tinley Park. All calls welcome. What's up, Mike? Hi, guys. Uh, you know, I understand everything you're saying, but the thing, I don't think anything's been proven because this gets he's got him throwing the ball sideways. You, you've got to throw that ball down the field and see if he can do it. But, I mean, what he pulled off last last week was pathetic. Well, Mike, go, go back two weeks pathetic. ago, though. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on this. Two weeks ago, after the Lions game, you saw the Lions game, right? Yes, I did. What did you think then? He played a nice game. But, and where, and where do you throw the football? Where do you throw the football? Well, why didn't he do it again? Well, well I, I think sometimes what gets lost in all this debate and conversation about quarterbacks is you got to look at the opponent. You know, if, if there's one thing I know about this football season is that the Vikings defense gives the Bears problems. Look at the offensive line. The quarterback had no time in either of those Vikings games. They were coming after the quarterback, and you have to get the football out of his hand. I, I understand. It did look pathetic on national TV. You didn't score a touchdown to win the game. I understand that. I think the point is, though, two weeks ago against the Lions, he was throwing the football down the field and making plays, and everyone was great. Now well, you're upset he's he pathetic against the Vikings. How about take the well, opponent into consideration? The I can under, he went long. He was, looked very good. I'm just saying... Don't throw it side. Throw it short down and out. Little quick hits over the middle. But Jesus, I mean, the other day, I just thought there's got to be something better to do than just throw it sideways every play. I, I mean, like I say again, you got to see if he. What you said about Detroit, you've got to see if he can do this all the time. See, but the, the difference to me is thanks, and for Mike, thanks for the call. The difference that I think is you've got two things that are happening at the same time. Two timelines are running at the same time, right? Justin Fields needs to prove that he's the guy for the Bears moving forward. And these guys are also coaching for their jobs, right? And the guys coaching for their jobs are going to put wins, not necessarily above developing Justin Fields, but for a single game like the Vikings, like we, we talked about it earlier, the two different, completely different game plans. Run Justin Fields 18 times for over 100 yards and have him throw downfield against the Lions because that's how you beat the Lions, right? And they were in that game until four minutes left in the game. With the Vikings, we saw that they couldn't do anything offensively. Justin Fields was getting killed. He got hurt in the first game. He ended up missing four games after that. So we had to go to Tyson Bajan. We all know what Tyson Bajan is now. And then they play the Vikings again. They adjust their game plan, and they win the game. And people are mad. People were mad at me when I came in here on Monday, and I was like, they won the game. I don't care if they threw a 1,000 screen passes. They won the game. They need to find ways to win games. I don't care that he didn't throw a touchdown pass. They, we've talked about for months last year and this year about how this team needs to learn how to win games. And they did. And now people are mad about it because Fields didn't throw down the field. Make up your freaking minds here, people. Like, what do you want? Well, it's, it's, it's because we're all a bunch of losers in this town. That's why. <laughs> No, seriously. Well, like no one, Thanks, like Cap. nothing, nothing. I'm channeling Cap. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm feeling it. Friday. You know what? We're all a bunch of losers. Welcome back, Jonathan. We're all a bunch, we're all of, losers. bunch of losers. Starts hitting the desk. I, here, here's why. None of it's good enough, right? Like people, you almost beat the Lions. Now you choked away at the end, mm-hmm. but the game plan was run the quarterback, limit the throws. So, of course, the yardage wasn't there, but he was making plays. He was making throws. They're not good enough for the quarterback then, right? But then 
in the next week, you throw the football 37 times, yeah. but the yardage isn't there, mm-hmm. so it's not good enough. But you get a win. Yeah. Not good enough. You know why? Because this town has a bunch of fans who are losers. You know why? Because none of our teams win. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. You know, sometimes take a win. Right? Like, like, if, like I am so sick and tired of talking about football teams that suck. How like, about you learn how to win some games? If they and that's the difference is they, they won a game. It they, wasn't perfect, but they won a game. If they would have beaten the Broncos. Unreal. They were beating New Orleans at one point. If they beat New Orleans and we were talking about a team that had, you know, five, six wins going into that game against Minnesota and they beat Minnesota and had seven or eight wins at that point. And we're talking about a team that's in the hunt, that's in the wild card, that's firmly slotted in that wild card spot. Are we nitpicking the way that they won games? Well, that, that's what's so annoying about it. We, we can dissect and, and discuss and debate the topics, but these, this team has lost so much as of late. They've lost. They've been a bad team, one of the worst in the NFL for yeah. multiple years now. Yeah. They've got to find a way to win at some point. So if he throws it for 37 times and a lot of it is screen passes, this, that, and the other, and you only have 217 yards through the air, he had but you more win the game in, against the Vikings than he did against the Lions. Right, but you win the game. It's okay. Take the win. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if we're comparing Justin Fields to Patrick Mahomes, he's not that. No, is he an elite franchise starting quarterback? Not yet. Not right now. But you got to start winning games. Yeah, that's what's so frustrating about this. There's two. I'll say it a thousand times. If I've already like, not said it a thousand times, there's too many young players on this team that are going to be a part of the future that are playing well, that you need to get wins. I don't care how they come. If they go out and they and Justin Fields has over 300 yards and four touchdowns and they beat the, the Lions, awesome. If the next week they come out against the Browns and run the exact same game plan that they did against the Vikings because that defense blitzes not as much, obviously, but they blitz a lot and it's the same game plan and they win that game, guess what? I'm not going to be mad then either because they're winning games. It's not going to be perfect. No. This city saw something that was perfect. It was Jordan. It was the Bulls. It was the 90s. Not going to happen again. Ruined us. It's not going to happen again. Everyone wants the perfect thing. Well, we we want the coach and the GM and the quarterback to be on the same timeline. We only want a quarterback if he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL. If he's not going to be the best quarterback in the NFL, we'll give up on this season. We've got to draft another quarterback. Like that. That's the mindset of many fans. If, if he's not the most perfect quarterback in the history of the land, then we, got, we have to draft a new one. Get him out. I just, I don't understand this. How about we win some games first? Chicago's home for sports. Jeez. Black and Abdallah. Losers. ESPN Chicago. Check that. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter. At Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. It's a Friday night. All calls welcome. Blocking Abdallah, 312-332-3776. We have the song of the night coming up in just a moment for you. But first, Mike and Lombard, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. I just wanted to say that was the best four-minute rant by the both of you I've heard off here. <laughs> Thank you. fantastic. I, I'm so sick of everybody Thank you. just saying that, oh, we Listen. need to do this, we need to do that. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. Um but drafting a, another quarterback and starting all over with a new coach and all that, no, no, no. Let's get that. Let's get our receivers up. Let's get Marvin Harris. Let's get. Uh, let's get a center. Let's get another uh, end rusher. 
Yeah, that was that was great. I love how you guys explain how nobody's happy with the win and nobody's happy with the loss. We just have to settle on a bad team. No, I'm tired of that. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> speaking your minds over there. Let Pretty, me speak mine. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. We go from Mike in Lombard to Mike in Libertyville. What's up, Mike? Oh, go Wildcats. Yeah, you guys got it right. You know, a great rant, too. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. You know, this goes back to the day uh, that you know, Fields got out of college. And and our doctors over there, I don't know what medical school they graduated from, probably Bozo's Circus, Circus or something, but they gave Fields the green light. He's an epileptic. These are very, very serious syndromes that can't be aggravated by stress having these assassins these defensive assassins going after this guy and running and running for his life you know he sets two records from a quarterback from scrimmage back to back i think it was week to week and and everybody says oh we're we're in love with this guy he's not going to overcome this epilepsy i don't care what they say you know we had cutler he was a diabetic there it is first adverse reactions of those drugs are um uh, blindness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's that. Yeah. Go, you Jay Cutler, back, you no, know, noted blind man. <laughs> yeah. When you go to uh, um, figure out what you know what's wrong with this thing, you go back. Mm-hmm. It's like holistics. Mm-hmm. Okay. As as a doctor of holistic medicine. Okay. You go to cause. You go. Are to you cure. a doctor of holistic medicine? Yes. Okay. Preventive medicine too. Okay. Go ahead. How many how many seizures has uh, Justin Fields had uh, in the last three years? Oh, jeez! It looks like they're just waiting for the first one. Oh, okay, oh, okay, all right, all right, okay, thank, yeah, all right, thank yep. you. okay. All right. It is a Friday night. I mean, and all I, was calls gonna, I was going to make the Cutler joke, but I didn't even need to. No, it was there. I didn't even need to. Like that's. Oh no, no. Um. Uh, Kevin, you can you can yeah you can bring yeah, up leave the, it you, leave it yeah, it's, it's, let that one yeah. just let that one go let marinate on yeah. a Friday evening it's good so times that guy has been calling into sports radio stations in this city for as long as I've been working in the medium oh from the other place yeah we just oh. got one from the other place and and he right. has been going on on that Cutler diabetic rant man for a decade. Wow, he found his way over here. And my, my response to that has always been and will be is that my mom also has diabetes. And How's she, she is also she okay? known. Can she play quarterback? She's also been known to throw interceptions in night games. That's mean. Yeah, that is Doc Mike, a.k.a. the Black Cat. The what? The Black Cat. Yeah, the Black Cat. That's just okay. one of his aliases. Oh, it's his alias. All, All right. right. Okay, he's got an alias. Oh, that's what they do over there, right? Aliases, yeah, because it's wacky. It's wacky. See on the text line, big texter. I don't know that that man has ever sent a text message. I appreciate the phone call, but all right, time for the song of the night. All right, let's get this back going. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for what dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an. Never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's song of the night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song. We go to the All American Rejects. Swing, swing. From 2002. It's your song of the night, usually around 6:50 with Black and Abdallah each and every night. It's a Friday night. It's your song of the night, All American Rejects. 
listening to Swing Swing by the All-American Rejects. Uh, this week, early December, this song was released by the All-American Rejects. Their album came out a year before, but this single, Swing Swing, was released uh, back in 2002. It was weird because I do remember uh, this song being insanely popular our junior and senior year of high school. And it was one of those things kind of like... Um, Remember uh, Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger? Yeah. So they released that album, they toured on that album, and then that song found on a radio station, found a radio station, and blew up just like this. Like this, they they made the album, they released the album, and then this was released as a single, and it blew up. It got to 17 on the uh, mainstream top 40 uh, charts, it got to 60 on the Billboard top 100, and this song was everywhere in 2002 it was uh this band kind of had a moment yeah uh, but like really they've faded away like yeah. i haven't heard anything from them in years and no surprise that they uh it was featured in hold on uh it was featured in the movie american wedding as most songs with this chord progression and sound was featured in every american pie movie spin-off wedding whatever you can do how many of those were there there were, were there three American Pies at an American wedding? And then was there an American reunion? It's a lot of pie. I think so. All right. <laughs> what? All right. All American rejects. <laughs> swing, swing. That's song a lot of, of the night. Are you not a pie guy? <laughs> What's your deal? <laughs> All American rejects. Swing, swing. It's your song I already tonight. said that. Z-Pack was waiting for me to do it. It's not fair. Turn up the volume and don't 